I started out trial and error. So the first trial was the easy stuff, which I think everybody may start with, which is sending Facebook messages and sending emails to people that you get from the internet. And you realize, I mean, everything's kind of it, put it out there and see what how it reacts. And if you don't get something, you gotta change it. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Tommy Har. Tommy's a 29-year-old home inspector turned real estate investor. Uh, he's renovated 150 houses to flip or keep as rentals. Um, he's wholesaled 150 plus deals. I'm guessing a lot of these numbers might have gone up even since uh, this bio arrived, Tommy. So um, I just want to start with saying thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, appreciate you taking the time and, and coming to share your story. Absolutely. No, thank you for the platform and, and thank you for uh, building a new relationship. It's always nice to meet new people and uh, get to share stories from, from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let's start with that. Let's start with your story. Tell us your background, kind of walk us through um, your journey into real estate and then we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. So uh, like I said earlier, I'm 29 years old, um, one of five kids. So I grew up in a, a very big household and it's always been very family oriented. So uh, went to college uh, 2013 to 2017, played college soccer, did the whole college athlete thing. I went to University of Dayton, got a finance degree. And then uh, as everybody on my team or my friends in college were going and getting, uh, let's call it, regular jobs, I went back home and started working for my, my old man uh, as a home inspector. So he owns a home inspection business and a franchise. So I always told him as I was young that I wanted to help him out. I'm the oldest boy of the five kids, and it always kind of felt right to – Go back home and help my dad he had that business but growing up he also had a property preservation business which if anybody knows what that means it's when the banks were foreclosing 07 08 09 2010 somebody had to be the boots on the ground for the bank meaning cleaning out the houses boarding them up changing the locks making sure that they're not just going to all, all the way to decrepit they kept up to where they could sell them in the future so i grew up in that business so I grew up mowing a lot of lawns quite a bit of lawns, um, trashing out a lot of houses and kind of, uh, seeing that stuff firsthand. I didn't really know what it was all about until a, a bunch of years later. I, and I was about 23, 24 started inspecting. And then, um, as time went on, started to learn about investing in real estate and, uh, kind of went all in from there. And now I have my own investing company and, uh, we wholesale, we flip, we do, we manage and own rental properties. We have Airbnbs and we have a, uh, education company as well now. Cool. The, a lot of my guests come from something else, right? Like did something else before real estate and kind of, um, fell into it oftentimes accidentally myself included, but I, I, I the folks that have a background, right? Like someone in the family, they've been exposed to it at an early age. Um, the, the, I think one of the big upsides to that is you just, you get to get started earlier, right? You kind of know what's going on, what the story is you get, you know, at a young age you were exposed and then, you know, kind of followed, yeah. followed in your dad's footsteps and, and, and then built from there. And I, I think it's, um, 
an advantage uh, in a lot of ways in the sense that, one, you have that education, that knowledge of, you know, what's involved with whether it's with real estate in some capacity, right? Home inspections. Yeah. Um, I actually was not familiar with, uh, uh, tell me again what you call it, where you're taking care of the, the bank foreclosed homes. Pro property preservation. Property preservation. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'd actually never heard of that. I, it's a, it's a funny thing. I mean, I knew about, you know, foreclosures and things like that happening, but I hadn't really taken that next step to think there was someone that had to take care of them, which makes total sense. But absolutely again, exposes you to those scenarios, um, at a young age and, and allows you to kind of see, you know, what, what real estate can do for people. And then one thing that I always kind of harp on and I'm really passionate about with, uh, when I talk to younger people that are talking, thinking about getting into real estate is like the, the time, right? The real estate investment in any capacity, time is your biggest weapon. And so yep. it's very exciting to talk to someone who, you know, whether by purpose or just fortuitously got into real estate at a young age, like that's fantastic. So you started with the, with the home inspection with your dad, like, tell me how things grew from there. Obviously it, you know, you've done a ton. So kind of, how did it grow? Yeah. How did you build that business? Yeah, so my dad's home inspection business, it's all I almost don't, it's a business, but it's a one man show. So he went from the property preservation, he always had the home inspections. So the, the property preservation went not under but they closed the doors banks, less foreclosures, less money in the business, he just closed the doors, he had like 60 employees at one point. And then there was just him one man show. So I joined the business and he'd always had enough business for one person. So I was, I, I was just kind of there and I, I was like, okay, how do I drive business? And he'd never marketed, he'd never done any stuff like that. So it was pretty much just on me to kind of figure it out. So learning how to market, learning how to sell, learning how to get in front of people. Like sales isn't really just sending a Facebook message, which I thought it was gonna be that easy to realtors and get business. So um, I, I grew that business over the next probably four or five years, five X probably in revenue. But as we were, well, as we were beginning or I was beginning, we started to do draw inspections, which if you guys know investing, if you get a hard money loan or any type of loan from a bank that has a rehab budget within it, they escrow that and an inspector or somebody boots on the ground has to come and take pictures to release it to the bank to make sure that the work is done right. So I was that person, me and my dad were that person for pretty much every single hard money company in Columbus at the time. So I was seeing all these renovations I was seeing the areas that we used to trash out and mow the lawns, changing, uh, people driving really nice cars and never being at the houses. So I had always been taught growing up and not really taught, just seen it that hey, you got to work every day for money. You got to get up, you got to work, you got to go punch the clock. So that was part of the things that were ingrained in me. But as I started to see, like you said earlier, immersion. So I was immersed in seeing the other side. Now uh, I, I, I wanted to know more. So I, I I went back to a conversation I had with my uncle. It's kind of weird how things played out. My uncle called me about a day or two before I graduated college and asked me if I wanted to invest in real estate with him in Chicago. I told him no, I knew nothing about it. And uh, after about six months of inspecting and doing those hard money draws, uh, I called him back and I said, hey, would you want to do this in Columbus? He said, yes. Uh, long story short, we bought a house in Columbus. We flipped it. Uh, over the next 18 months, we lost about $100,000 on that house. So 
uh, a great first start yeah. and uh, getting kicked in the teeth sometimes in the beginning is is the best way to do it. And I just studied so much at that point, bigger pockets, podcasts, books, that there was no quitting. So I just kind of went all in from there, wholesaling, house hacking, and just building it up from nothing. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it's, I mean, it, not, not to harp on your age, but it, it's another thing that I think is an advantage of, of getting started young is, is you the, you don't have a lot to lose in the sense of, exactly. I mean, maybe some younger people do have families, but like if you don't have a wife and kids or you don't have this kind of uh, long-standing career that you're worried about, you know, that, and, and some, some of those worries are probably just limiting beliefs for people. But, but at the end of the day, being young and hungry and having the time and, and energy to like go all in, like you said, you know, you, you had a bad experience with that flip, but okay. Like that, ha like, yeah. I think that's an important thing for people to understand in real estate is like, not every deal is going to work. It's just not like not every no. deal is going to be a home run. And so you can't do one bad deal and stop. You can, but then you've only, <laughs> then you've only had the negative, right? So you, you have to really kind of commit to it and, and keep going. So when you, you mentioned that uh, you, your dad didn't have, you know, kind of a marketing system, didn't have, wasn't trying to really grow the business um yep. and and just had it as that sort of solopreneur um type of structure what did you do and and how did you learn about it because i think that's you know you made a, a really great point that like marketing isn't just sending out a facebook message and uh it would be nice if it was that easy but it's definitely not and, yeah. and so like what did you do how did you learn techniques like to to drive that side of the business and and, and uh essentially fuel the growth yeah, I mean, I started out trial and error. So the first trial was the easy stuff, which I think everybody may start with, which is sending Facebook messages and sending emails to people that you get from the internet. And you realize, I mean, everything's kind of, it, put it out there and see what how it reacts. And if you don't get something, you gotta change it. So we were, I was getting nothing in return or like kind of, who are you? I'm not giving you my business. To then um, buying uh, the the scammers online that, uh, make you pay for the first page of Google. So I thought Google was going to be the next thing. I need to be on the first page. Those people took my money. So my dad allowed me to kind of make these mistakes, luckily, to then know that it's not easy. So the next thing was, okay, let's start cold calling these people. Let's start actually going into the offices. So back, this was 2017, 2018, like realtors were still heavily in brick and mortar. So this was before COVID, the people were going into the offices heavily. So going in there, showing face, I got CE certified, so continuing education certified. So I would give those classes out for free to try and get 30, 40, 50 agents in one room, give them lunch, give them a free uh, 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 continuing education for two hours, and then that's marketing for us. So getting in front of them, and then once we get them their business, just over, um, over give over value. So me and my dad would go to every inspection together. We had great technology. We would, we would give things right away, reports next day, um, and have great communication. And that just helped really explode stuff. And also going to networking events, sponsoring networking events, going to networking events a couple times a week. Yeah, that's, and, it, and it's, I'm sure some people are going to, you know, might think that's, that's a lot of work. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of work. Like, marketing uh, is is such a huge part of business, and 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 not in the sense that I think, and and I say this really from personal experience. Like, think of marketing as as 
a logo and like uh, you know being <laughs> on social media or whatever you know that kind of thing. But yeah. but really, it is you you have to get in front of people. And I think you know what yep. you just talked about. Some of that has shifted since COVID, and 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 maybe I'll ask you that question: Is how, how has that shifted for you? But, but I think still people like you to, they like to meet you. They just it, it's just yeah. they want to meet you in person. Uh, I feel the same in a lot of ways. Like it, now you can in person might meet on meet on a Zoom, sure. But one on one versus you know again like. I, I created a video and I put it on YouTube. Like that's, that's great to build credibility, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you also have to start having conversations. So I will ask you like kind of, you were doing all this, things were growing great. Um, and then, you know, we, we have COVID and, and now being in person is, is harder to get, you know, to, to get people in that scenario. So how did you pivot? What, what kind of, uh, how, how was that experience for you? Yeah. So, um, before COVID it was, I mean, you just go out there and you, you pound pavement and you get in front of people. I always say that real estate is one of the last businesses that is done over a beer or is done networking and people want to do business with who they like. So once that went away, you gotta, you gotta kind of change things. So you either start your little groups during COVID that people were okay with being together and having coffee in small settings. And you just got to be the person to go out there and do it. And then during that time, I started creating content. I didn't really make content on um, inspecting. It was more investing. So around that time, I was starting to uh, really understand what I was doing, uh, understanding my direction uh, as an investor, wholesaling rental properties and flipping. So I started giving a nice twist of like home inspection knowledge to the, the home flipping side. Because I realized a lot of people didn't share a lot of the house stuff, which is obviously very important. And uh, it's carved out a pretty good niche. So being able to kind of switch there has been important. Um, and I don't really market much anymore for the home inspection stuff. My little brother <laughs> does now. And so with your, so you've shifted kind of away from the home inspection and you're focused on, you know, sort of the, you've, you've got a pretty big portfolio your BIOS is kind of managed in house. So how are you, mm -hmm. that's a lot to do, I guess is what, <laughs> what yeah. I'm getting at, you know, sort of continuing to have growth, manage all of that. How have you um, sure. structured your business over time? Cause I think that's, that's a lot of people struggle with growth and, and figuring out how yeah. to kind of balance all of that. What, what's, what are some things you could tell listeners about that, you know, for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it, it's not the sexy answer. It's slow and steady. So, I mean, I didn't accumulate 65 rentals overnight. You know, I started with the house hack. I lived in one unit. I rented my bedrooms out and I rented the other out. It was a duplex with an FHA loan. What that allowed me to do is figure out what system I wanted uh, other people to pay on. So at the time it was cozy. So I, I got a system to where people can pay and put work orders in and I could manage it. And then as I started to buy a couple more rentals, uh, then you got to figure out how to list them. So, okay, you figure out a system and you start like figuring out that there's repeatable processes for everything. So, okay, I got to list it. Where do you put them? How do the responses come? The responses are all kind of the same. So it's like, okay, let me put these in a document and know in the future, I have to hire this out. So then next is who is that hire for that, that process. And most people are like, well, I only own a couple units or I own one unit. I don't have enough money to do that. So do it yourself for a while. And if you want to actually scale, do it properly and hire a virtual assistant. So my first hire was a virtual assistant. 
Um, he's over in the Philippines. He would list all my properties. He still works for me now. He's been probably almost three years. Um, he lists the properties. He manages work orders. He collects rent. He does everything that's online based and he'll screen tenants, all that stuff. And then as time grew, I replaced myself with a full-time property management team member. So now we have a team member that sits in there. He manages the system and the, the, the BA, and then we hired a maintenance guy. So it's kind of the, the problems that start to, to, to grow as you grow. Um, those are the things. So you're going to need people, you're going to need maintenance, but I think you only need a maintenance person around if you're going to self-manage around 50 plus units to have a full-time maintenance guy. But it's the same thing through all the other businesses. Um, you learn it. Most people want to scale right away because they hear that online. that They think it's cool. Hey, go and scale. Well, if you scale too fast, you're going to scale chaos. So it's not going to be organized. You have to create the system and you got to build a process and then grow it, but grow it or organized. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great point. And I, you know, I guess <laughs> pod, but I, speaking as someone who has a podcast, sometimes um, even the titles, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, the titles that you see on podcast episodes, right? It's like, zero to 300 units in six months and it's like oh i want to listen to that because i want to do that like yeah. people want it to be fast and easy and it's really not and, it, and it's kind of um probably uh a disservice to people to to make it look like it's that way because that's that's kind of yeah. how because then if you think <laughs> you think it's going to be that way and then it doesn't go that way for you you get you know sort of in that comparison state and it, and it makes it hard to kind of to, to believe in it so um <coughs> excuse me sorry uh so you're you're growing uh all of this you're sort of implementing putting people into the, these positions as they're needed um how how long i guess did, you're still growing but like you said about 50 units for a maintenance person. When did you hire a, a property manager, you know, to, to remove that from your plate? It was prop. it was <laughs> probably around 40 or 50 units as well. So actually maybe a little bit before, probably like 30. Once we realized that, okay, like I'm living off my cash flow at that point, you got to make a decision. If this is going to be like a passive thing for you, passive in quotes, cause it's never passive right. or it's going to be a business. So you need to make that decision because you're going to kill all of your cash flow hiring these new people and you have to scale your portfolio to the high high ones or into the 100s to see that cash flow if you're going to bring people in house. So we made that decision because we knew we wanted to kind of grow and build bigger things in other businesses as well vertically within our business. Um, so that was one of the other than an acquisition person in our wholesaling company that was our i think second hire so we wanted to get that off our plate we wanted to make sure that that was running smoothly and we wanted to build a property management business over time to where we bring on other people's business um, and really build that out yeah sure and are, is everything local to you like your yep. your all your yep. investments you're kind of close um yep it I, th I think especially when you're talking about like residential real estate and, uh, you know, scaling a portfolio to the size that you have, staying local probably allows you to do that scaling a little bit better than like a, <coughs> so sorry, a long, like a long distance no, right. investing. Like you're not having a, 
you know, seven houses in North Carolina, you know, eight right. houses in, in Ohio, three houses in Texas, like you, you, then it's really hard to put those pieces in place because as you said, like you're going to hire those people, it's going to kill cash flow. Well, you can't hire someone yeah. to be your maintenance man in Ohio and North Carolina and Florida and Texas. Like it just, that that's going to be multiple people. So, mm-hmm. <coughs> um, so it becomes that, I guess, issue of being able to scale. And I think that's maybe why in a lot of ways, uh, people might switch to, to multifamily in the long run because you're then you're purchasing, you know, essentially in bulk, right? You're, you're purchasing a hundred units at a time or whatever it is. And, and then you are going to have a, a third party property management, you know, sort of professional that is baked into the business plan for those things. But, but when you're, you're working on things locally and you have the access to deals and you have your team there and everything like that, like you can really scale a residential portfolio quite well if yeah you know right there around you so i think it, it in a lot of ways maybe it just depends on what market you're in i think it would be it would yeah. be hard for me to do that i think here in los angeles just because it's not especially like a a, a cash flow market uh, you, you can cash flow i think if you have adus and things like that but but just you know single family or even you know small multi would be hard to to grow very much here what do you what do you see for the future for you and in, in your businesses tommy what's what's kind of the the look the outlook yeah so you kind of almost said it uh as you were talking there about like you stay micro and then as you build it you get your systems ready to grow so now we're we're super ready to as our wholesaling company grows, as our management company is systemized, as we have all these things that have come in and, and they're ready, we can take on 150 units if we want. So right. if we have the deal flow, I'm I'm pretty good at raising private capital. It's one of my main things I do in my business now. And we have the management and we have the construction. It'll It's perfectly primed to just buy a ton of real estate, whether it's for flipping and holding. So we're, we're really getting ready to, at least I think in 2024, I want to buy, I think, 100 units or so, um, whether that's a mix of multifamily or small single family. But everybody kind of hits me with that question of, hey, Tom, you should go into commercial. Well, I, eventually, yeah, but it, there's also opportunity costs in every decision you make, you know? So if I want to take my head off it and, and go to multi, I better have my team and processes and systems down so well to that that doesn't uh, hurt or get faulty at all. Yeah. So being able to make those decisions and at the right time I mean, you can't time anything, but that's kind of where we're at. And then growing our team and our community as well. Yeah, I love that point that you just made. It, it and, and I wasn't, I wasn't even suggesting that. Oh, you should go to multifamily because I, I think you've sure. got a great, <laughs> you've got a great thing going there. You've got, you've built yeah. a business. And and the point that you made about if you're gonna pivot, it does. It's gonna take some of your focus away from what you're doing currently that's working. And, th- and it, it's. <clears throat> that's not to say it's right or wrong. It's just something that people need to understand. It's like, you know, a yep. lot of times, I mean, I do multifamily, but I, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people in the multifamily space be like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta get away from that residential single family type stuff. And it's like, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I just think there's a lot of things that get said, like, Oh, you need to get away from your W2 job or you need to get away from residential. And it's like, 
sure like you if that's what you want sure do that but i i don't know that that's necessarily yeah. it doesn't have to be the same path for everybody it, it does every every uh real estate journey doesn't have to end in like someone being a multi-family <laughs> syndicator so it's it's just kind of because because of exactly what you said right like you've got a you already mentioned hiring people team members putting them in place is going to kill your cash flow well if you're a full-time real estate investor you're and you're living off of that now you you say okay i'm going to go do something else right so you've got to hire someone or probably several someones to do what you do and then yep. you move on to do something else that takes time to build and that's okay like that's growth that growth in business but it's just things for people to think about if, if you want to uh, if you do want to grow that that opportunity cost is is there and it, you're probably going to take a step back in terms of uh, actual revenue and, and income for maybe a couple years even like it might take that long to get it to get it going so yeah uh, it, things to and, and, and that's why I kind of asked that question because it, it is like I think in a lot of cases and in, in people the expectation is like oh I did this. I did, I did really good in residential. Now I have to go to multifamily. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, sure you can, but there are, are ways to, to do that too. So yeah, you don't have to do it too early. Right. Like, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, you no. don't have to do it too early. Everybody gets on the internet and they say like, quit your W2 job. You just did a deal. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You gotta like lever leverage those things. Yeah. Understand that there's a, there's a season for all of those things. Yes. They're going to come, but like do it calculated, you know? I absolutely agree. And and I, and I, and just for people listening, like I say these things out of experience. Like I left my W2 job yeah. and then interest rates doubled and that really made me, <laughs> has made a problem for me. Like it's so it's just yeah. like from a financial standpoint, it's just I had you know, I was seeing excellent growth in real estate and it was it, had it continued on that trajectory, no would have been no problem that I left my W2 job. But it's just it's just things yep. that you have to understand, like that you d you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You have to have some level of ability to weather storms and and that you know kind of time away from what's already working. And it, it, I think, that is how people make big moves and how you have big growth. But at the same time, it doesn't have you don't have to rush it. Like like take your time. So yeah. I, I think great points to bring up. Um, Tommy, let me switch gears here. I want to, I want to ask you the questions I ask every guest. Uh, I think, um, the first one is, is fairly obvious from the name of the show, uh, being know your why, but I, I do like to ask every guest, um, what is your why? What's, what's driving you? I mean, you're, you're, you're still a young guy. You've been doing all of this since a young age, had a ton of success. What, what pushes you forward? Yeah. So it, it's all family. So like I said, one of five kids, we've always had a very, very tight knit family. My mom was a school teacher for 30 years. My dad was a home inspector. So it saw them work very, very hard, paid for everybody's college um, out of pocket. So as I started to get older and seeing how hard that is to take care of five kids and, and, and do what they've done and be at every sporting event and like we, it's it just, it, it blew my mind. So I wanna retire my parents. The first step of that was uh, about maybe a year and a half, two years ago, my mom uh, quit her job as a teacher, retired, and 
she now sells all my real estate on the flipping side and uh, runs my Airbnb company. So she went from making maybe like seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars, maybe eighty as a as a teacher. She'll probably make two hundred fifty grand this year doing that, and probably in half the time she gets to sleep in, do all that stuff. So I've accomplished probably half of that goal, which is retire them. Like I always throw that in quotes because I retired from that job, but they're still she's still working, right. you know. So <laughs> retire them eventually. Um, and then I just got married about four months ago. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. Uh, my wife is, is recently pregnant as well. So bringing a, yeah, bringing a, uh, a family into the world and a kid into the world, it, it's, it's just going to change everything as well. So I know you got the dad stuff yeah. behind you. So I know you, got, <laughs> and you have kids. So it's just going it, to taking things as they come and taking care of my family. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. And uh, yeah, it does, it does change everything. Uh, mostly yeah. for the better, <laughs> mostly for the, yeah. Better. the, uh, yeah, f taking care of five kids. I mean, I have two and I'm like, that's a lot of kids, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, kudos to, to your parents at doing a great job. And, um, I, I love the idea of like sort of bringing them, you're retiring them from their, you know, sort of career jobs and, and just bringing them into the family business and giving them a role. Yeah. I, I have kind of that same idea with with my mom is to try to just have her be a part of whatever we're doing because i like it you know that kind of thing and, and it gives yeah. her some uh something to do and in, in some way to earn an income without you know my mom did like garden design landscaping type stuff and like <laughs> it's like it's hard work when you get older and it's hard work when you're younger yeah. too but it's <laughs> body can't do it forever so it it's I, I i love the idea of that you know kind of just bringing them into the business um <clears throat> Next question, Tommy. T tell us something about yourself that uh, isn't common knowledge. Special skill, a hobby, anything that you're you're you already shared that you're uh, gonna have a baby. So uh, <laughs> this is maybe an extra one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something I don't talk about a lot is um, I play Division One athletics. Kind of mentioned it in the beginning. I don't really post about it at all because I'm very I'm a huge proponent of like what you've done in the past. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's like you see all those football players that you come back from high school and they're still wearing their varsity jackets. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like that big of a, it's not that important. But I was a hundred uh, a top one hundred and fifty recruit in the nation coming out of high school as a soccer player. So something that people don't may not know. Yeah, phenomenal. Well, I was actually going to ask you what position you play. Uh, left mid, left right mid. Nice. I I play soccer. I mean, I I didn't play in college. I did track in college, but I I have basically played my whole life. Not at, obviously yeah. not at the level that you did. Uh, but I love the game. I think it, it's still uh, still one of my my passions. Even though my knees don't love it anymore, I still I still get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the best. Kind of hung them up a little bit because I mean, every it's almost every time I go out and play, I get hurt. It's just like, man, it's not worth it. It's yeah. like nine ten p.m. Yeah. Can't get out of bed the next morning. Yeah. It's just like, man, is it worth it? It's fun when you're out there, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it hurts. I did. I, I took a I don't know, six six or eight years off. Like I didn't I didn't play for a long wow. time. And then not, it wasn't like a conscious decision. I had just moved. And what I like, mainly what I like about it is like the camaraderie, team rates, that kind of thing. And yeah. And then when I moved out to California, one of my, my very good friends, we, we used to play together in Massachusetts and he was out here. And I was like, hey, you ever want to like play again or like kick the ball around or something <laughs> like that? 
and he was like actually i know a guy who might be able to like and it was like he he made i think he said one text next thing i know we're like three teams they're like yeah we're always <laughs> looking for guys and like okay so nice. it's uh it was kind of like and i and i did i got hurt all the time at first because i hadn't played in so long and it's like you think sure. you can do what you did before so uh but that, oh yeah that's awesome um when people hear this and they want to reach out to you uh what's what's the best way uh, probably Instagram. Instagram is uh, TommyHar05. Um, very active on there. Respond to all my DMs. Uh, I like to give people good advice too. I'm not going to be the person that kind of just gives like a thumbs up back. Like I'll send voice messages back. I'll give you very good. Uh, if you ask a good question, I'll give you a good answer in return. Awesome. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Looks like we've got a website for you too. Awesome. Um, final question for you. In, I always... You can take this in whatever direction you want, but basically, generally, I like to ask people, what what advice would you give to someone who who wants to get started in real estate? And you've you've hit real estate kind of from a, a couple different angles, which is really cool and a unique perspective. So um, I'll leave it as a, a bit of an open ended question, and you know, kind of whatever you think is is good uh, value to to the listeners from your perspective. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I learned over time was it, it takes a long time. So having that short term, like the long term high goals is, is very important. So being a high income earner or whatever you want to be in the future, it has to start somewhere. So if you don't come from much like me, where I had almost zero money, you got to figure out how to make it snowball. So real estate and business, it, it's all a snowball. You got to start small. And unless you want to go partner with somebody or throw money into syndication, but I'm talking more like building your own thing, uh, you have to have realistic goals of what the beginning is going to be like. So the beginning is going to be hard. You're going to, uh, quote unquote, eat shit for a little while. You're going to you're going to have nights where you, you, you question if this is this is the right path, if it's if it's going to work or if it's not. But if you have a good education and you trust and believe in yourself, it's going to work long term. It's just probably going to take a lot longer than you uh, thought it was going to in the beginning. So once it does start going, the snowball is real. So getting with making a little money comes more confidence, more confidence comes more deals and you start moving a little differently. But in that beginning part, it's really hard. So getting around people that are a good support system. Uh, my family was uh, pretty good. They told me not to do it in the beginning, but over time they, they, got they, their ears perked up a little more, but find a, a, a group around your town or on the internet that you can vibe with and get around them, learn with them, grow with them and uh, watch your life change. Yeah. I, I love it. I think yeah, it is, it's hard in the beginning. That's it. It's just, it, it takes a long time. And it, I think that goes for kind of any, whether it's real estate or business or whatever, like that beginning is you, you got to expect it to not be good. Like you, you kind of have to really think <laughs> yeah. like this is not going to be easy in the beginning and I have to weather that storm. And I, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this quote, but there's that quote about, you know, you, you severely overestimate what you can accomplish in a year, but you underestimate what you can accomplish in five or something like, you know, something to that yep. effect. But basically like the beginning, it's going to feel terrible and it's going to take a long time. But, but, as you said, like once you kind of get into that snowball uh, area where your your confidence has grown and you're like, okay, now I know how to do this. I just have to figure out the next you know level is is scaling it and and kind of yep. moving forward. So, 
I think it's a, a that's, great piece of advice. <clears throat> that's the exact quote that I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I say that a lot. Uh, it's huge. It's expectation, expectation with yourself and expectation with what, what's real and what's not. We talked about it kind of a little bit earlier. Uh, setting the expectation, especially if you're online, the expectation is set with a lot of social media influencers is it's easy. And you got to you got to know that it's not. So the expectation you set for yourself is very, very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, fantastic advice. And you said, did you say at the beginning, are you do, you're doing some coaching? Um, yes. Okay. And is that just so people know if they want to reach out to you for that? Is that uh, like yeah. website or Instagram or something? Is, it, is there just so you can? Yeah. So, up? yeah. So it's in my Instagram bio. Okay. It's always changing. We're giving away free stuff. So like I was giving away my free wholesaling training for, for free, like 40 modules. So depends on the week, what, what you're going to get, but we have a, it, it's a real side of real estate community. So uh, to kind of uh, unpack what it is. So first and foremost is the real side of real estate. We talked about a lot of things that aren't commonly shared today. Um, about it being hard, about uh, actual house stuff, because uh, most people they just share theory, and it's very like here, here, take my take the money and not deliver. So it, it's a community. So you get education, you get live calls every week, you get accountability, but you also get private a private uh, basically Discord Slack channel of like thirty different channels of industry experts in every single one. So if you have a contracting question, my buddy who's done two thousand rehabs. Uh, sits in that channel. And if you have a general contracting question, he's there to answer it. Title, I have one of the best title companies in the country in there that can answer your title questions. So being able to get real-time education, support, and uh, like we're having a free meetup tomorrow for our community members in Columbus, if they want to fly in, um, to be able to have a few drinks, get to know each other, connect with each other, and really build something that's bigger than just like a quote-unquote mentorship or coaching. So that's that's what we got going on uh, in the real side community. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we <laughs> made sure people were aware of that. that uh, I think that sounds like a great uh, opportunity. <coughs> um, well, awesome. Well, with that, uh, I, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today, sharing your story. I think uh, listeners are going to get a ton of value out of this, and, and uh, I hope they will check out your, your community. I, I'm going to. I think it sounds great. Yeah, no, it's greatly appreciated. And then I'll, uh, I'll make a discount code for anybody that's watching this as well. I'll take 20% off for anybody that comes from this uh, podcast. I'll uh, share whatever I make it and uh, we'll make it like know your why, uh, 20% off. And if they, if they put that code in, we'll, uh, we'll give 20% off. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. That's very generous. Um, Absolutely. Folks listening, uh, I know you're going to love this episode. Uh, Tommy's really shared a lot of great value with us. Um, please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like him. And uh, thank you all for listening. Appreciate your time. I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? 